Welcome to the Dr. Wayne Dyer Radio Podcast. Discover the wisdom and remarkable insights of Dr. Dyer, world-renowned spiritual teacher and foremost authority on how the power of your mind creates your world. And the last time we spoke, we were kind of getting through the 12-step program to simplicity, helping people to simplify their lives, reduce all that stress. And when we were talking earlier, you, you said it would we would be able to combine the two in a way. Yes, absolutely, because I think uh, uncluttering our life and uh, simplifying it is a, is a way to, uh, is, is simply a way to eliminate the adversities and things that show up in our lives. First of all, adversity is a word that I don't use very much, um, and it's a concept that I don't even uh, identify with any longer. As you move more and more along the path, I've been uh, <clears throat> writing for the past, Oh, three or four months now on a new book about the Tao, about living the Tao, taking the Tao to Qing, which was written 2,500 years ago by a great ancient Chinese scholar named Lao Tzu, and uh, who gave us the whole fundamentals for living a, a profoundly uh, sacred and, uh, and mystical and, uh, and perfect life um, in 81 chapters, and I'm writing 81 essays on each one of those. And one of those I just finished yesterday was uh, verse 26, which was uh, about... Uh, what I call living calmly. And one of the things, one of the lines that I found in there is that he says that to be restless is to lose one's self-mastery. That is, to be filled with anxiety, to be filled with stress, to be filled with adversity is uh, really uh, what you do when you when you allow that into your life is you let go of, of being the master of your life and you turn it over to events and circumstances and things and people uh, and anything that might show up. Uh, and they, they then begin to have the controls of your life, and they start pulling you in any direction that they want to. Um, the idea of uh, not allowing yourself to, but he said, why should the lord of a country flit about like a fool and uh, and, and not allow yourself to be uh, swayed one way or the other? Is I think, one of the more important things that we can learn. And in the previous week, uh, uh, when I was talking about these, uh, this is from Chapter 8 in Inspiration, I had uh, spoken about uh, uncluttering your life and uh, clearing your calendar of unwanted and unnecessary activities, uh, letting you, just being sure that your free time is really free time, taking time for meditation and yoga, something that I do every single day of my life. I can't imagine my life without it. Uh, returning to the simplicity of nature, uh, just being outdoors more and, uh, and being in contact with the real sounds of the world, the sounds of birds and the sound of the wind and the sound of rain and and so on, and ultimately then putting distance between you and your critics, not allowing yourself to become someone uh, who is subjected to criticism. And then the, the last six of these are, are, the seventh one is to take some time for your health. Um, the number one crisis in America seems to be obesity. I mean, I just, I can't believe when I go into restaurants and I want to walk along the uh, the boardwalk here on Maui where I look at it, how many people um, have allowed themselves to uh, to forget something very basic, that your your stomach is the size of a fist. It's not the size of a wheelbarrow. And even though we go to restaurants that that bring us up, you know, uh, enough food to, to feed nine or ten people, the idea that we have to do that uh, is something that we ought to really be, um, I think, taking much, much more responsibility for. So if you want to have simplicity in your life and overcome adversity, uh, get yourself into a place called maximum health. Um, your body is a temple. It's a perfect temple that was created by the source, by God, and it comes from a state of well-being. Just keeping it in its maximum state of well-being is basically a very simple thing to do. And I've said to people over and over again, the more you exercise and the more you do yoga and the more you do these kinds of things, in fact, the yoga instructor said just a few months ago that when you do yoga every single day, 
what happens is that your body is no longer attracted to uh, to foods that uh, are filling, foods that are unhealthy, foods that contain a lot of carbohydrates, a lot of sugars, and so on. It's uh, it becomes an automatic thing because you're now <clears throat> letting your body be back in harmony with the well-being from which it came. So uh, taking time for your health and, and making time for that every single solitary day is something that uh, you're never too busy to do. And that the eighth one is, I call it play, play, play. And uh, it's really learning to be a child. I was just talking to a friend of mine, uh, Lauren, who is uh, who's, uh, going to be, uh, who just said to me that she spent the last weekend with uh, three or four uh, little little boys uh, who were, she was having fun and she was playing and uh, and her whole time was spent with children. She said, I'm going to see you next week and it'll be really good to be with an adult. I said, I don't know. I've been told that I'm the biggest, probably the biggest child that you'll ever see in your life. And, uh, and it's because I think that uh, you have to learn to bridge the... Uh, the dichotomy or the gap between uh, between work and play. I never know when people say to me, "When are you? You know, when are you? Uh, your work is that you work all the time." I said, "No, I don't work all the time. Everything that I do, I enjoy. That I, I play my way through through everything in life. I don't uh, I don't think of work as onerous and difficult and struggling and so on. And I think that uh, taking more time to be playful. Um, very often when I'm walking along and I see kids playing with a ball, I'll just grab it and start throwing it with them and playing with them or shoot baskets with them or, you know, to see if I can do somersaults with them and so on. And it, it keeps your, it keeps adversity away and it keeps your life, um, in a, in a, in a constant state of joy and fulfillment. It seems like, uh, people may be afraid of looking silly, I guess, to do that, but you're saying just to kind of embrace it and jump in and have more fun. Well, what I'm really saying, Diane, is that what other people think doesn't really matter. You know, right. <laughs> it, it really doesn't. If uh, if a group of people look at me and say, "Oh my God, that's Wayne Dyer," and look at him, he's such a big baby, and he's such he's playing all the time, and he's acting so that doesn't change anything in your life. I think getting to a place, and this is why what I spoke about earlier about uh, adversity, that I don't even use the word adversity because I don't think there is such a thing in the in the universe. Everything that shows up in our life, everything, all of the accidents, all of the anxieties, all of the the uh, breakups in relationships, all, all of the times when we go broke, the fires that we have that destroy things, the accidents, all of this, all of it has got uh, is part of the perfection of, of the universe. It's uh, it's not something that's just happening to you and shouldn't be happening to you, and you get to label <clears throat> this is adversity and this is positivity. It's all of it is there to teach us something, something grand and something delightful, and that helps us move to higher and more spiritual places. So. The way that you adver- <clears throat> eliminate adversity is literally to uh, be thankful for it and to say thank you for everything, everything that is showing up in my life. Uh, it is going to teach me something, something profound. And some of the most difficult and, and very troublesome kinds of things that have occurred to me in my life, what I thought were at the time, have taught me how to be a better writer, a better speaker, a, a kinder person, a, a better human being. Because true nobility, it's not about being better than other people. It's about being better than you used to be, and the way that you get better at being the uh, you know than you used to be is by having these challenges show up and then uh, and then transcending them and get overcoming them. I don't look back on my days of drinking, which uh, stopped 17 years ago, as anything other than great, great and wonderful events that helped me. All of that drinking and all of the behavior and the drugs that I did and all of those kinds of things have helped me to become a stronger, more purified, uh, more, more decent, better human being, better husband, better father, better, better, uh, you know, better speaker, uh, better man as a person. Anyway, you... let me try to get through the rest of these. We just have a few moments. Okay. Left. Were you going to say something, Diane? Well, I was going to say, do you think people get caught up in the why me kind of mentality? 
Yeah, I think they do. Instead of saying, why not me? You know, so thank you. Thank you for all of it, every single bit of it. I mean, there's a slogan here on Maui that says, no rain, no rainbows. You know, so I always remind people of that whenever there's a rainy day and the tourists are all here and they're all upset about the rain. I say, but you see all those rainbows that you just love every day? They have rainbows over here on the island. You can't have them without the rain. And I think it's a good symbol for our lives. Mm-hmm. The ninth one is, uh, is called slowing down. Um, one of the things that Gandhi said uh, that's really, tr- I think, very important is that there's more to life than, than making things go faster and making it always uh, increase our speed. That the idea that we have to get there fast, we have to be ahead of the other person, slowing ourselves down uh, in the in the in the 26th verse of the Tao that I was writing about this morning, uh, it talks about the stillness, about being able to uh, that stillness is the is the mother of unrest. In other words, in order the master of unrest. In other words, in order to be able to get to a place where you are no longer filled with unrest, you have to go to this place of stillness, this place of quiet, this place of peace that is within each and every one of us. And that means not telling yourself that you have to be there ahead of the other guy, not rushing through the traffic lights, but meditating your way through the, when a yellow light comes, instead of rushing through it, instead, you know, that, that's just a habit. Instead of that, just slowing down, putting your foot on the brake and saying, thank you. Thank you for one minute to just sit here and be at peace and be kind and be, and be in, a, in a sense of harmony with my source, which is always at peace. Also, I said, do everything that you that do everything that you can to eliminate debt in your life because all of the debt that you have, the credit card debt, the money that you owe, the banks, the mortgages, all of those kinds of things are a way of giving up control of your life and putting it into the hands of someone who, who will be controlling the purse strings of your life. And also to let go of your idea about everything uh, is evaluated on the basis of how much it costs or how much it's worth. Uh, try to take the dollar value off of things and just enjoy everything in your life for what it is. Okay, we're going to go to Monisha in Dubai. You are on the air with Dr. Wayne Dyer today. Hello, Dr. Dyer. Hey, what are you? You're calling from Dubai? Yeah, I'm calling you from Dubai. Well, why aren't you guarding the ports? You're supposed to be taking care of my port. (laughs) I am. I'm doing that too. I'm everywhere. You're very busy. You're multitasking. (laughs) Thank you. Exactly, exactly. (laughs) I'm trying to put some of your principles to work. Uh huh. Great. Well, tell me, what's your call about? Thanks for Um, calling. First of all, I'd like to thank you for all the wisdom and all the knowledge that you brought to our age, to our generation. I mean, mm-hmm. you're doing, you're you're just doing so much for us, which is which can't be described in words. I've read all your current books, Inspiration, Power of Intention. I read every book that you recommend, from Ask and It's Given to mm-hmm. to you name it, and I've read all of them. So uh-huh. I'm like your biggest fan. Oh uh, well, thank you so much. I appreciate that. You're very welcome. Um, my problem is that for the past one year, uh, the past one year has been very transformative for me. I've found myself drifting away from uh, the materialistic world, so to speak. I feel a yearning to live in spirit. Like I find myself spending most of my time meditating, reading, writing. And generally, I find myself wanting to live a quiet and reflective life. Mm. Uh, this is very much in contrast to the way I used to be. Um, I feel that this gives me more satisfaction. I feel like I'm living a fuller life, a richer life. Uh, but this in turn has made me feel like I might be, I might be neglecting people who are important to me, such as my friends. And mm. um, I just don't know yeah. how to balance. Well, the way to balance that is to uh, is to understand that friends are really people who who love you for what you are. And not for what right. you, and not for what uh, your expect, not for meeting their expectations. 
that's truly what a friend is, and that's what a, that's what a lover is. That's what anybody who uh, truly, absolutely uh, loves at the at the level of spirit, at the level of God. Um, that's the way they come to you. Uh, so you don't have anything to worry about. You don't have you don't have to be uh, concerned that you're neglecting others and so on. If if your inner spirit is telling you to go within, to get quiet, to write, to to make a difference, to be at peace, to convey that peace to the world, to to change things. To I mean that's that's what I call an, your ultimate calling in inspiration. It's it's a calling that you can't ignore. This isn't happening to you just because you have read a few books or because you're going through changes in your life. What happens for almost all of us that I call it, and I'm going to write a book about this down the road, I call it the, the difference between the morning and the afternoon of your life. In the morning of your life, you are taught certain kinds of things. You're taught to have goals. You're taught to uh, be uh, really ultimately uh, uh, concerned about, about your career, about how much money you make, and about getting married, and about being a good mother, and being a good sister, and, and being a good child, and, and, and fitting in, and and playing the game in lots of ways to to think about yourself to see yourself as a body uh with, with a soul rather than as a soul with a body these are all the things that that we learn in our schools and our families and in our institutions and in our homes these are this gets thrown at us all the time there's nothing wrong with it but by the time we reach this, the the afternoon of our life um we and then that can happen very early very young in your life it can happen even in your in your mid uh, mid to late 20s by the time you get to this place in your life where the primary emphasis uh, that, that you want for yourself here in this life is no longer about the goals that you have or how much money you make or, or who you appease, but your, right. your ultimate afternoon of your life is really about being closer to God, about feeling a sense of purpose, about making a difference in the world, about feeling love and giving it everywhere. And, and you try to live the afternoon of your life by the rules that you learned in the morning of your life and what happens is that they become lies. That was Carl Jung said: the, the 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 truths of the morning of your life become lies in the afternoon of your life. And you're saying what you're really saying here, Manisha, is that you can't live by those lies internally, no matter what it is that anybody around you says. And I think honoring that will will bring you the kinds of friends and and, and love and, and joy that you really seek, rather than you know just fitting in and and fulfilling some goals that have been handed to you when you were a young girl. Does that make sense? Absolutely. That just that puts everything into perspective. Yeah. Um, yeah. That that makes complete sense. Yeah. So it's like uh, you you can't stop it. Even if you wanted to. Even if I could give you the advice and say, okay, stop meditating, stop thinking about God, stop thinking about love, stop thinking about making a difference in the world, stop thinking about all of that, and go back to your friends and do everything. You you couldn't do it anyway because you're being yeah. called to fulfill a destiny that you signed up for before you even showed up here in the world of form, way before the morning of your life, before the dawn of your life. Uh, you signed up to be where you are now, and this is God speaking to you, and I, I would listen very carefully. That's my advice, yeah. sweetheart. Yeah. That, that's exactly the way I feel, and um, when you said all of this, I felt like I already knew the answers within, but yeah. for some reason I needed you to like spell it out yeah. for me. So, well, you, that's um, so, I'm so glad you go. What time of day is it there now? It's it's uh, midnight. It's mid. That's what I thought. Yeah. So it's ten o'clock in the morning where I am. Imagine that we're right. on the same planet, spinning around, and it's dark where you are, and it's morning where I am. It's the morning of my life today, and it's the evening of yours. Absolutely. Thank you. Absolutely. I'd love to come to your country someday. I've been invited several times. I would love to invite yeah. you. I I really this is my deepest desire that someday you come here, and I'm going to do my best to 
you know, organize something or like fulfill this desire and get you here. I'd love to come. I was invited once before, and, I, and I'm sure I'll get there. I'm, uh, I know that there's a there's a great art. My friend Deepak Chopra has spoken there several times. And, I know. Uh, I have attended all his conferences. Have you? He's asked me to go. He asked me to go with him. So yeah, I'll do it. You make it happen. Are you are you from India? I'm from India, exactly. Yeah, and. Uh, yeah. And I really relate to all the all these saints and uh, spiritual masters that you talk about and um, that Deepak Chopra talks about. So I really relate to you people. In fact, I feel in, in a certain way we're all soulmates. I feel a certain connection and a certain bonding with you. And it's there not is. just something oh. that I'm saying. I can well, actually we, we feel We both it. originated from the same source, didn't we? I mean, the, we're, yes. not, we're not these bodies, certainly. We know the bodies come and go, but the, uh, the source is eternal. I'd yes, like to. I'd urge you to read Left to Tell. Have you had a chance to look at that yet, Immaculate? Yes, I read the whole book. I read every book that you recommend. Yes, and I, it brought tears to my eyes. And oh my God, that book was just it, yeah. It just it's really one of the most me. astonishing things I've ever read in my life. And uh, she's one yes. of the really great. She's really a saint that walks among us. Yes. Well, thanks Definitely. so much for getting in touch, Monisha. Yes, thank, thank you, you so much. Thank, thank you, you so much Namaste. for your time. Namaste. It really is amazing how small the world is mm. when you get those calls. She's all the way in Dubai yes. and still uh, listening to uh, to the message, so it's great. To listen to that voice, I believe, is what yes. you're saying. Yeah, what a great call. It was really, really nice. That's so true. Going to line six, let's check in with Cassandra and get her on with you today. Cassandra, you're on with Dr. Wayne Dyer. Hi, Cassandra. Where are you calling from? I'm calling from Sumter, South Carolina. Oh, okay. <laughs> Probably never Civil happened, War battle but, huh? there, as I recall, wasn't there? <laughs> yeah, actually, I'm, my husband's stationed on Shaw, so uh, Shaw Air Force Base. Oh, okay. So he's uh, um, an airman, but um, I'm actually I'm going through something right now, and I'm kind of wanting to know why all this is happening to me in my life at 15. My dad died unexpectedly of, you know, uh, an aortic aneurysm. And then we, I dealt with that somewhat decent. I don't want to say great, but I was only 15. And then I got married, and my husband and I struggled for four and a half years to get pregnant with one miscarriage along the way. And we got pregnant in November last year. We found out December 8th. And then on April 4th, we found out that the baby was really sick. Mm-hmm. And I ended up delivering a stillborn on April 19th. Mm-hmm. And I'm just not quite sure why all this is happening and how to get through it. Yeah, I, I can hear your pain. Um, first of all, you, 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 you know, as you, as you move along the, the, this path that I'm writing about, especially on inspiration, you, you find out that um, all of the greatest teachers who've ever walked among us, including Jesus, uh, all of them, have uh, taught us that death is not a it's not a punishment that it is it is uh, it is the inevitability of all things that everything that composes decomposes and the question is isn't whether it's going to decompose the question that we have as human beings is how long is it going to take how much time do we get uh, when you say the words my father died unexpectedly my immediate response to that is unexpected to you yeah. But, but not to God and not, you know, and that the moment that your father was conceived and the moment that he showed up on this planet, his birth was here, uh, independent of his opinion about it, and so was his death. And the same is true of the, of the miscarriages that you've had and the, and the stillborn, the stillbirths that you've had, that, um, that there's a perfection in all of this and that these souls who, who showed up very, very temporarily and then for whatever reason uh, that none of us will ever be privy to, um, weren't ready to show up in, into this into this world. What happened? What you are doing with it is you're taking it personally. You're 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 saying to yourself that 
why me? And how could something so terrible as this happen? And how much of this kind of thing do I have to put up with before I'll have peace in my life? And I'm saying yeah. to you, have peace in your life now and, and, and even be in a state of gratitude for the, just the fact that you've been able to, you've been able to participate in the dance of life. You've already created life twice. Uh, and, and because it didn't last as long as you thought it should last, um, it's just, it's, that's just, a, that's just our ego at work. That's all that is. To find out more about Dr. Wayne Dyer or any other Hay House author, please visit hayhouse.com. Thank you for listening.